Unashamedly You Conference is back, and this year we're taking things to a whole nother level. Doors are going to be opening at 9 a.m. on September the 23rd at the Ron Robinson Theater in downtown Little Rock. You are an average of the five people that you hang out with the most. Up your average and come hang out with us at the Unashamedly You Inner Circle. There are going to be two limited and very exclusive events you don't want to miss out. Come ready for a day full of sessions to leave you enlightened, encouraged, and empowered to go out and live the life God is calling you to live. Go grab your tickets now at unashamedlyyou.com forward slash events. If there ever was a time for women of God to go out and be unashamedly you, it's now. Welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. So today we are so honored to have a personal friend of mine and also a speaker from our first Unashamedly You conference. So we had met through a mutual friend that she had said that Zim would be perfect for the Unashamedly You conference. And you guys, she was, her story is incredible. It's inspiring. And she's accomplished so much in her life already. And I'm just thankful to have you on today, Zim. Introduce yourself to our podcast listeners. Hi, everyone. Well, first, let me say, Jamie, it's such an honor to be here and to chat on the podcast as it was an honor to be at the Unashamedly You conference last year. My name is Zim Flores. I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for the last, gosh, I don't know how long, decade plus. I've started a lot of different businesses. I've sold sold a business. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, my husband and I own several different businesses and, you know, we're, we're just an unconventional bunch. And I think that it has been um, such an honor, uh, at least for me to be living in a time where God has placed such peculiar people um, on earth to accomplish his will and his purpose and to be someone that is, that cannot fit in a box Um, just as we cannot place God in a box, has been a journey to say the least. (laughs) And so again, it's just an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. So you had mentioned that a little bit about um, the business stuff that you do. You have a lot of businesses, but at the Unashamedly You conference, you had shared your story and told about the business that you had built up and was very successful and was told to release it. And you had felt in your spirit that God wanted you to do this. This podcast is all about unashamedly going after what God asked you to do. And this whole community of unashamedly you is going after what God is asking of you, even the hard things. So if you'll tell us a little bit about that business, how you'd built it up, and then share some of the details of how God had unfolded the purpose of you letting it go. Yeah. Um, so I started this travel business in 2013. Prior to 2013, 
Um, right after I graduated college, I sold everything that I owned and then I moved to India. Now, prior to that, I was a, a student at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. I majored in biology. I had a double minor in sociology and, and political science. And my very first year on campus, I had cloned a gene. I had cloned a gene that had similarities to a genetic disorder. And that kind of catapulted me into this into this place of being at, at I wouldn't call it the forefront of the university, but I was in regular contact with the university relations uh, team. And so I was traveling around the country. I was talking about my research. I was doing all the things. I was uh, the youngest precinct judge um, in the state of North Carolina. I was 19 years old then as well. And my life on university campus was all about doing, um, doing more. Uh, I couldn't be placed in a box. It was, I was just a curious, curious young kid. And so during my senior year, I applied to move overseas. I'd always had some interest in living overseas, but, you know, I had only been out of the country one time with my mom, my family's from Nigeria, and it was uh, to there to meet my father. So I end up getting this, getting into this program. And so right around the time that I um, am kind of scheduled to go, I notice that a lot of my peers are going through like that identity crisis that you go through after you graduate college and you're like trying to figure out, do I want to go to grad school? Do I want to get a job? I was like, I'm going to India, y'all. See you later. And so I delayed that kind of, um, you know, identity crisis or whatever we went through when we were 21, 22. And I sold everything and I moved to India. Now I'm somebody that whatever experience um, God places me in, I'm going to take advantage of it to the fullest. In college, I did all the things. I did everything. I was always, you know, doing something, always trying to help somebody. I started organizations on campus. I did a lot. So when I moved to India, it was no different. I lived on a train for a little bit. I did mixed martial arts. I taught at school. I learned Hindi to this day. I can still speak, read, and write. I lived at the base of the Himalayan mountain range. I mean, I did all the things. I traveled by myself. And so one of the things that that I noticed while I was there was, you know, I, I had traveled around and I remember you know, as a black woman, I'm, you know, in India, similar skin tone, but the hair was different. <laughs> and so I I'd constantly get stares, which is fine. You know, if you've been to India and you can handle the stares, I promise you, you can handle stares anywhere. They were pretty intense. Uh, and so after living in India during that time, I was traveling maybe, I don't know, one, one or two times a month to a different country. In in that day, flying on Air Asia, you could get a one-way ticket for $8, $20. So I was flying to Malaysia. I was going to Cambodia. I was going to China, Thailand, and meeting up with some of the other, some of my other um, scholar mates who are from my program. And so I had noticed that there weren't very many travelers that looked like me. I was just kind of, I it always felt like I was the first. I was I was always everywhere, but I always felt like the first, which didn't bother me at all. So fast forward to the end of 
my time in India, I moved back to California where my mom is broke, like broke, less than broke. I didn't have any money. And my mom and my family, they come from a medical background. So they wanted us to go into medicine. Um, It wasn't for me. You know, even though I did a lot of gene cloning work in college, I did not want to go into medical school. So I said, I love you, mom. I'm going to move to San Francisco. And I end up paying for a Greyhound somehow. And I had a friend in San Francisco who told me that I could crash on her couch. So I was, you know, in San Francisco, I had picked up a a nanny job that I got fired from two weeks later. I worked at Sunglass Hut. I was selling sunglasses. I was helping my friend start her business and uh, I was interning. So I was doing all of these different things. And I remember coming back exhausted. I would come home exhausted. I didn't even have a bandwidth to dream. I didn't have the bandwidth to dream. I was like, I'm just trying to survive. I was living on a $3 a day budget. And it just so happened that the moment that I got, I ended up getting a full-time job. I started my first business and that was the travel business, Travel Noir. So I started that out of my bedroom with $50 and it started out as a project. It was something that I didn't really think was going to be a full-blown business, but it took off um, and it grew and grew and grew and grew. And by the time I sold it, we were reaching about 2 million travelers each month. We ran small group experiences. So we ran 60 um, seven-day experiences across five continents. Some of them would be happening around the same time. I didn't go on any of these trips. So we had built a team on the ground in places like Tanzania and South Africa and Italy, uh, Indonesia, Cuba, for example. And we allowed them and we trained them to run our experiences for us. And so I remember the first time that I stepped foot in a Pentecostal church was 2016 and got baptized uh, in 2017. And that was also the year that I sold my business. And I remember being at NAYC and um, Brother Jackson, Victor Jackson was preaching um, and he had talked about um, being consecrated to basketball. I mean, if it wasn't for him answering the call in his life, I'm sure he would have been in the NBA somewhere hooping. But he decided to answer that call and he didn't want to be known as the basketball guy. He wanted to be known as whoever God had called him to be. And I felt that in that moment, I did not want to be a travel girl. I wanted to be God's girl. Um, I always talk about the book of Jonah in, in, in the sense that if you look at how the whale came about, scripture says that God appointed a whale. He, he brought this circumstance, circumstance to pass. And so there were some rumblings going on in my own business that forced me to either raise money, sell the business or close down. And so it happened in the, in the blink of an eye. And so we ended up um, selling the business, uh, not before my entire team quit though. So here I am standing by myself with no team who ran all of these experiences. And I, at this point, I was out of that part of the business. I had no idea, you know, even though I'd started the business and I started this particular product line, I had been so far removed from the operations of it, but we were still operating these experiences and somebody had to teach our new buyer how to run them. And so that person was me. 
Uh, and so the next 18 months, I was kind of getting um, our acquirer, their team up to speed with the business. And so it was a series of ups and downs like I'd never known before. I wrote a book out of that time called Dare to Bloom. It is available everywhere. You could find it in bookstores. Um, it's on Amazon. Somebody told me that they think that I am one of the few, maybe if not the only, I have no idea. Maybe somebody can look this up. That's apostolic that has a book published with a major publisher. But I actually, I think it's, that's going to change because I have a friend, Taylor Kovar, who has a few books that are that are getting published. So we might be just one of the few. And so that's kind of the story of how I started the business, how I grew the business and you know, how I felt leading the business and, um, and letting it go. I want to go back to something that you said, because I feel like that so many people could probably glean from this time in your life. And is the part where you said you didn't have the bandwidth to dream. Mm. So maybe talking a little bit on that and discussing a little bit of that. How did you start getting that bandwidth to dream? Because, you know, someone listening to this right now may be feeling that they're just trying to survive moment. I know that I've been there. Everyone has been in that survival moment, but how do you start doing that so that you can get to that place that you are wanting to get in life and where God is trying to place you? Yeah. You know, I, th I think a lot about, you know, when, like when we're praying, and we sit before God and we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and we don't take any time to rest or we don't take any time to listen or be silent. That season for me was all about talking. I was going, 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 going. I I had to, you know, I didn't have any money and and not having any money meant that I had to do the most. And so it was only when I had you know, I got one job. So I basically simplified. I went from five things to one thing. And then that one thing was that full-time job that gave me the bandwidth to say, okay, whew, like I have room to breathe a little bit. I have, you know, I have a place to live. I'm not sleeping on a couch. I have, you know, a private space. I have a little bit of money. Um, I can start to dream again. So it really was going back to the basics and going from the millions of things that I was doing to just one singular thing. Another thing. So whenever you were talking about that, you had this business, I know that whenever we start a business, sometimes it's a lot like people liking it to having a baby. Mm -hmm. It gets yours. It's your baby. I have felt this way before with my previous business. I'm like, this is mine. I started it from the ground. And you just, you want to protect it. You want to hold on to it. You don't want to let it go. And sometimes this is a bad sense in all kinds of things. One, it may be time for you to move on and let go of things. Or two, it may be that it's growing and you have to start kind of letting go and letting it spread its wings. But someone may be in that struggle right now of that holding on, but they're needing to let go. They are feeling that release, but they're not sure exactly how to go about that. What is something that you would say to someone that is in that season? So you're not sure whether or not it's time for you to release something. And so I was at my friend's um, conference this past week, Tiffany Montgomery. She has a conference called Millions. And it's, I think the tagline is, um, 
make millions, influence millions, and win millions to Christ. And one of the things that um, she had talked about was she has a message um, or a session that she does at the opening of the of every conference. And she had sat before the Lord for however long and she didn't have anything, nothing. And so five minutes before she was supposed to hop on stage to give this message, God just gave her a download, full download. And one of the things that she had talked about was, you know, asking God, why, why didn't I get anything until five minutes before this event? And what she heard from God was that I needed to see whether or not you would still move forward if you didn't have all of the pieces. And so I think for somebody that is in a place where they're not sure whether or not to let go of something or they're not sure how to move forward, God honors every step forward, right? The moment that we stop, I think is, is we start to sink, right? If you, if you think about um, walking on water, right? The moment we stop, we start to sink. But as we keep stepping, as we keep our eyes on God, we stay afloat. And so I think that that is something that I, that I took away from that. That was so powerful that if we keep moving forward, God will honor those every little step. That is so powerful and so good because there are so many times where you don't have the next piece. And so you don't want to make a move because you don't know, you don't know exactly what to do. Yeah. But God's saying, just, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just make this move, if you'll just do this, I'm going to hand it to you at that moment, you know, whenever you need it, but you may not even right. need it until I hand it to you, right. you know? So after you sold your business, tell us a little bit about what you did next and what's going on with you now. Yeah. So uh, after I sold Travel Noir, I stayed on for about 18 months. I was actually fired. I was let go, which was so interesting um, that it happened that way because I was in Israel uh, at the time that was like my last day. I was in Israel. The day that I found out I was getting let go, my husband and I had just purchased our first business. We were in Seoul, South Korea, buying our first business, literally signing on the dotted line that morning. I had found out, um, or maybe it was the next day I'd found out that I was being let go. And I knew it was coming because in September, a random person, I never met this person a day in my life, literally told me that I was going to be on the chopping block and to prepare. Never met this person before. He works in the same organization. He found my number and was calling my cell phone. First of all, I don't answer calls that don't have names attached to them. So I didn't pick up the phone. And so he was texting me and he's like, hey, can you chat? Hey, can you chat? I'm like, who is this? So we ended up talking, talked for 45 minutes. And he told me, he was like, listen, you're on the chopping block to be let go. I just wanted to let you know. And I took that as a warning. So I needed to get my ducks in a row. I can't, I couldn't rely on this W-2 income that for that much longer. Uh, and so I ended up getting let go and had this brand new business. So it's with this business that I started to kind of ramp things up again. And so that was an e-commerce that I think a few years later, I launched a program to teach people how to do the same. Um, right now it's inside of Morning Assembly, which is my um, Christian entrepreneurship membership. Uh, and so 
Right now, my husband and I are doing a lot of different things. We have uh, a couple different businesses that we run, some in e-commerce, some in education, some in uh, some agency work. Um, but we're just staying busy. You know, after having our daughter, things kind of slowed down a little bit. I know for me, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> and so it's just been, it's been a blessing because I'm able to spend as much time as I want with her and I can still set my schedule. And that's just been such a great blessing that I've received out of, out of this time. And she is such a doll. I always think every time that we're around her, I'm like, Matt's always wanting her. I'm like, you need to stop because we do not need more children. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one more, you never know. (laughs) This is not an announcement on this podcast, (laughs) but she's adorable. We love her to death. She's so cute. So one thing that I love about you, Zim and Jason, you've mentioned that you have several businesses and that you do things that are unconventional. You're not going to be put in a box. And that is one thing. If you've ever met Zim or know Zim and from this podcast, you can probably gather that she's not going to be put in a box. She's going to defy all odds and do anything that she can to make money or to be able to, to grow herself in some sort of way. And I love that about you. And it's made you a success in everything because you're willing to just step out there. Tell us a story about something. Some people think that you have to have a certain business and you have to have, you know, like you've got to do these exact things and they put themselves in a box. Tell us about a time whenever you started a business and you had something that you did an unconventional business, you thought outside the box and you made a lot of money from it. Yeah, we got a couple. I got a couple. Um, So with my first business, we we're really big on finding these, like they call them error flights. There were flights that would dip to like, I'm talking $100 to get to Abu Dhabi or $150 to get to Rome or something like that round trip. And the airlines would honor those fares. And so we started a, we started a chat group to teach people not only how to find those fares, but when those fares happen. So people were snagging flights left and right. I remember, I think the first three days we launched that, we made like 30, $30 or $40,000. And this was, you know, uh, this was a product that was like $9 a month or something. So it wasn't that expensive, but a lot of people wanted it. So that was one. And then the other was, I, I've told this story before, it's about these jars, um, these mason jars I had ordered um, from Amazon some mason jars and it came in a target box. And I was like, why is this in a target box? Turns out that what the the seller was doing was they were just going on target.com, entering my name, entering my address and putting their card information and delivering and having target deliver the, the jars to me. What I didn't know was that I paid $30 for those jars but on target.com, they were $12. So the seller was keeping that $18 spread. So from there, talked to my husband. He was already doing tinkering around with some Amazon stuff. He'd been playing around with Amazon for years. And I was like, why don't we do this? Why don't we see where this takes us? And it was a crazy ride. This was during the pandemic. We were in and out of every Target in every neighboring state that you can imagine. We ended up from that business in maybe a four-month period making over a half a million dollars 
selling jars. And this just came from being curious. I think that's one of the the greatest gifts that God has given me is this innate just curiosity. I'm always curious about the way that things work and figuring out why things are this way. And um, and so I think that that has been uh, such a blessing. So just be curious. (laughs) Being curious. I'm telling you, question everything. That's so good. I love that story about the jars. And that is incredible about the flights too. see every business that you think you have to have this certain huge idea, or you've got to have all this money to start something. You said you started your first business with $50 and you were sitting in your apartment and you started that. And then you started the other one. I'm sure a chat group that didn't cost a lot to start. It took some thinking. (laughs) You had to think about it to do that. And then the jars, you know, you have to get their money before you even buy them. So it's not that you have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of time. You don't have to get inside of a box, but you've got to be thinking, being curious and those things that that can help you start a business. You don't have to stay broke. Right. Yep. And you don't have to always leave your home. Um, that's one thing I love about most of the businesses that you've talked about have been online and they've been things that you can do from your computer, from traveling, from going all over the world, now staying home with your baby girl. So just thinking outside of the box, but Zim, you've blessed us so much today. Thank you for being on the podcast. What is one last thought that you would like to leave with our unashamedly you community? So one thing that I would leave with everybody listening really is to trust God. I think that oftentimes we looking forward, forget that God always has our back, but looking back, we're like, oh yeah, he's got it, you know? Um, And so as you walk step by step by step, remember that God has always got your back. He's not going to let you falter. He's not going to let you fall. Any idea that you, that you believe he's given you, he will bless. Just keep him in the forefront, keep him in the forefront truly believe that God is ordering our steps. If we stay close to him, he's going to order those steps and lead us and guide us and, and give us the desires of our heart. And he knows what that is. So thank you so much for being on here today, Zim. We appreciate it. We love you in the unashamedly you community. And I am so grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to hop on here today. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Unashamedly You podcast. We ask if this podcast blessed you in any way, go share it to your social media, leave us a review and subscribe so that you get the notification every Friday when our new episode releases. We pray that you have an amazing day and go and be Unashamedly You.